0: University.
1: Kola Saftot. Kola Saftot. From Kubbe to Knedelach and everything in between, with Sabrina Shantz. Sabrina Shantz. Hello, hello, and welcome to Kola Saftot. I am your host, Sabrina Shantz, and with me today in the studio, we have the wonderful Judith Weil. So, thank you for coming. What a pleasure it is.
0: (laughs) Although I'll never forget the first time I was named Safta. Mm -hmm. And I did get a little bit of an uncomfortable shock. And
1: did you you think of maybe having a different name? Some people like to, you know, make a little nickname so that it sounds less uh, old. I felt
0: doomed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I said, oh my
0: God, that's it. My life is over. It was 20 years ago and um, my son-in-law said, now you are Safta and i wanted to hit him <laughs> but it's quite nice because over the years the children have different granny grandma mm-hmm. safta so everyone
1: has and i'm safta yudit okay so, so safta yudit i want to tell you that l- once you became a safta life seems far from over and that's actually the one of the reasons why i'm doing this show because i think Safta are so busy uh, whether it's Inside the kitchen or outside of the kitchen, whether it's driving their kids, their grandkids places, helping no, or whatever, no. but I'm and d- no babysitting, <laughs> never, <No>. ever, ever. <laughs> ever. God pay a babysitter. That's my rule. Okay, but you so then you're so it means you're busy doing many many other things. Indeed. And My mission in this in this podcast is really to bring the voice of Safdot to to you know to the front and for people to hear because I really do believe and I say this almost in every episode that. Our grandmothers are full of wisdom and kindness and they are such givers. And I think that everyone has so much to learn from grandmothers. But if you turn on the television, you don't have a Safta there, you know, giving her advice. And every time I approach a grandmother and I tell, I tell them about this show and that I want them to come, they say, me? What, what do you want to interview me for? And it's exactly, I want you, Yudit, to tell your story and to share how you, how it came that you are this wonderful woman that you are today with all of your accomplishments, whether they be with your family and elsewhere, and, uh, and give us all some inspiration. So thank you for coming.
0: <laughs> thank you, Sabrina. It's a pleasure. But I must admit that as
1: you speak, I
0: realize that being a mother and grandma is an essential part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I always remember my girls were saying to me, Ima... Because you were a mother always there for us when we came back from school, it affected the way we are today. And we don't know if we will do it for our children the same way. So thank you. They say it very often. So it's very nice.
1: So I think you touched on on, uh, something that many women maybe have felt since your generation but feel it much more today, which is as a woman now we have so many options. You know, we could be... We could be prime minister if we want. We could be in finance, in in law, in business, in anything. And we can also be mothers. And uh, they don't always have to come one on, on account of the other. But in terms of minutes and hours in a day, there only are so many. And it's so hard to strike the right balance of where you choose to spend your time. And as your daughter said, they realize the value that you spent many years at yeah. home with them. Yeah. And they also chose you know ambitious careers that maybe they they won't be able to be there in the same capacity for their kids. I think the the only comfort is that no there isn't one recipe for how to raise children and sometimes you'll have kids that their parents were at home and they'll say oh I never had a, a good example from my from my mom that she could do anything and go out to work because she was always at home and you'll have parents that go out to work and they say oh my parents were never home with me you know so I think we, we, as parents, we can get it wrong or right and we don't know the right way mm. to uh, to succeed. But it, it sounds nice that you, you see the return on your investment of those years.
0: Indeed, indeed. For me, what was important when I had young children was to watch their potential and to give them what I felt was correct for their development. Mm-hmm. So if a child f- felt it wanted to make pictures on a page I wouldn't force them to do another thing if it was a choice for university or choice for oh, it's that's okay. my daughter <laughs> Natalie I'm at a radio interview by Sabrina about <laughs> being a grandmother so I'll tell you <laughs> how fun <laughs> love you, speak to you later Bye. I do get my phone calls from the girls which that's is a, very it's nice lovely. Yes, and we are now very close and very like sharing everything in our lives all all three girls and the granddaughter's phone, and we talk about different things, and they like to go into my wardrobe and say, "Oh, I like this belt and I like this thing and I like this necklace." Oh, that's so nice after and I will have... you
1: give will you give out your things if they yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's okay. it. I say,
1: "Oh, my oldest
0: granddaughter." She just gets everything for me <laughs> because she likes very long skirts and long sleeves and everything long, long goes straight to lovely, her. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, um, understanding, feelings, relationships and seeing each child and each grandchild as a one world. And the most important is which way they're going. It's like when I met your David, I could see... I could see the development there already, the curiosity. And if a child is curious, just give them everything you can. So, yeah, the food would be important in life, but their own development and their own aspirations, very important.
1: Okay, so I think uh, your daughters will probably, you know, attest to the fact that you you let them, you gave them all the, the tools they needed to thrive, but you didn't, you didn't choose their way for them
0: indeed mm-hmm. indeed, if that's the way, go for it
1: okay, so you did I want to start with your childhood uh so you you mentioned to me that you grew up in Mersharim uh in a very different Israel to today,
0: and a different Mersharim mm-hmm. of today because Mersharim then was actually a mixed community, believe it or not, yeah, I went to ben Akiva, I went to a Tidati school. Others went to Bet and it was all fine. Yeah,
1: Everybody there wasn't I, the need to define so black and not white. Not so
0: much. Not so much. I even went to the army. I went to the Nahal, wow. and I came with my uniform, and nobody would say anything. And I grew, And the my teenage years and army years was the mini period. I did have to roll the skirt down a bit, yeah. but all in all, the neighbors were very nice. Things have changed today. I wouldn't recommend
1: <laughs> walking around walking in around a, with a mini skirt okay. and a uniform. And tell me, do you have a uh, a memory from your childhood? You you know you have you were saying you're the youngest of uh, of, of, seven. of seven kids. Uh, do you have a, a memory of you know of Shabbat that your mum used to make something that that? Uh, so stayed? two
0: things. Number one, my father worked in a bakery, Wow. so he always had fresh bread. And as a child, I didn't want bread. You reject what you
1: have.
0: (laughs) So that's how it was. But my mother, my mother was from a Hasidic background. And for her, Shabbat was the center of the week. Mm -hmm. So already from Tuesday, she would start preparing and shopping and thinking about Shabbat. By Wednesday, it was preparing the fish balls. And she would, I remember her doing Covered Shabbos, covered Shabbos, <laughs> when she was preparing the fish wow. bowls and she we regularly had stuffed pepper and stuffed cabbage for supper and you know, because we'd come home, everyone in different time, and there would be a ptilia. I mm-hmm. don't know if you even know what I it
1: know what a ptilia is. It's like a, it's a it's a little gas cooker on a small flame. But it's not
0: even gas, I don't know what it was oil. Okay, And it was a, you know, it's actually a perfect way of cooking slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was there all day. And that's when we came home. We had the stuffed cabbage or stuffed peppers. This was on
1: on Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Because she was busy making for Shabbat. So take care of yourself. Take the... yes, Yes, Wow. And always fresh
0: salad and fresh chicken soup. There was never... At home. I said, <laughs> a lot of, I don't know how she knew, but she never bought things ready-made. It's Amazing. very interesting that I never gave my children any um, snacks of rubbish. Mm-hmm. There was always biscuits or cakes or fruit, but not from
1: the shops, right. bits and pieces. Not, not processed food. Not. No. Amazing. No. I think that's that's the biggest difference between healthy and unhealthy. It's yes. not if you have cake or don't have cake yeah. or rice or potatoes, it's, yeah. you know, I the process. I don't think
0: it's a problem to have a piece of cake as a child when you come home. Oh, I but think
1: I, I, I love that you said that because I, I think it's so important that kids learn that it's okay to enjoy yes, something sweet. Yes. Um, so oh. I,
0: I never had limitation on the children, but I didn't buy the um, khatifim. Mm-hmm. Never had it at home because I never had it at home, and I think it is unhealthy, yeah yeah for sure yeah, yeah.
1: okay so so you you grew up in Mersham, and then uh how did you make your way to london okay, so
0: all my i was the youngest of seven, so when I was at school, my sisters who were at university already were actually, in order to sustain and support themselves, were teachers in my school. Okay. So I grew up in a school where my three sisters were teaching there. So you, you could
1: do whatever you want. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: And I was Kochava ketah and kokhava mesefer. Anyway, and I have a brother who married a girl from London. And when I finished the army 50 years ago, just before the Melchizedek uh, Yom Kippur, the war has it disrupted life, just like today. Mm-hmm. And in January, university hasn't gone back to normal. How can I be without university? <laughs> the family said so. I was going to study English at university. And they said, you know what? Go to London. You will learn at least what you want to do. Yeah. I never studied English literature at university after that. But I've learned English. <laughs> <laughs> and I met my husband. And then... How did you meet him? It's a very funny story. My dear sister-in-law, Esther, said to me, look, you did. you're going to my parents. I did go to stay with her parents. And I'm giving you a phone number of an old friend. He's not for you. But he will introduce you to people. And he's a real man. Just to anyway. get to
1: know young people your age. Yes. And, uh, okay. Yes. And... Um, that's the end, you know. You met him and you said, I don't need to look any further. It it wasn't that
0: straightforward. He wasn't interested. And I knew that he wouldn't be interested. And in a way, it's always more interesting if somebody <laughs> is not really interested. For that sure. never happened before. For sure. <laughs> so that's the end of history.
1: Wow. And uh, so you find yourself living in in London, cold London. You left everything behind in Israel. And but uh, I had a sister-in-law. Oh ah, yeah, you had your sister-in-law. Yes. Okay.
0: And Johnny's family. Mm-hmm. So actually, I wasn't alone, and that helped. Yeah. But I didn't have my mummy, and my sisters, so that was hard.
1: And it was a, a time before WhatsApp, and uh, you know, international calls were probably very expensive as well.
0: My parents didn't have a telephone.
1: Wow. So, you
0: know, they'd go to the neighbor and talk to me
1: yeah yes
0: and then we start we sort of used to come for hagim and that helped
1: yeah i'm but sure yeah and so you made you made a life in in london and you had three daughters um and so tell me what was it like to be to be a young mom in london sending your kids to school could you help them with homework like how did because i know with immigrant parents yeah. there's always a <coughs> uh, The language barrier can be difficult. I know, you know, from my mom as well. Well,
0: my daughter was four years old when she said to me, "No, no, no, you don't say it like that." (laughs) (laughs) So I could see that language was very important for her. She was very um, precise, and um, and uh, they went to school. I I didn't have to help them; they would do it. They were independent. Independent, but then I went to university when they all went to school. Okay. And when I was a student at at home and I would write my essays, they would see me always writing essays and there were no computers. I'd write my essays. Wow. So they would I was seen, they would sit and what they see at home, they do.
1: So you gave a very interesting example to your children yeah. of uh of someone who who was studying. Yes. And and you had even at that time in your life, the importance of, of getting a degree?
0: Oh, uh, uh, there was no question. I had to study.
1: So you, when you came to London, you knew you would take a break kind of to have kids? and Not
0: yet, no. I went to university. I went to London School of Economics and started a degree. And I was pregnant. And I finished my de- my first year and my oldest was born. But... It was very difficult to start my second year when I have a baby at home. Mm-hmm. I tried and my husband said, Don't worry, we'll have nannies. But it wasn't I wasn't happy. I was not happy. Mm-hmm. So I put my studies on hold. I said, there'll be time for that. So I went back to university when my girls were older. I didn't go to LSE. I went to university college and did a degree I thought would be easy, Hebrew studies, Jewish studies ah. and Jewish, lit it, um, Jewish um, um, literature and Jewish, um, you know, history. Biblical and history and everything, and it was quite an eye-opener, and I enjoyed it. And then from then on people asked me, oh, can you do this? Can you give a lecture? Can you talk? And I said, but I've never done any teaching. And they all said, "No, no, you are a born teacher." Wow. So that's how it was. And
1: your sisters were teachers. Yes. So maybe it's uh, in the family. In the family,
0: in the blood. And I remember when my girls were doing their medical degrees, they said, "But we really like to teach." I said, "You'll be surprised. As a doctor, you'll be teaching plenty." And it's very true. They are educating, educating the sure. next generation of teachers, all the, of uh, doctors, all the time.
1: So when did you become a teacher?
0: I didn't become a teacher. I was born a teacher <laughs> when I was nine and the teacher wasn't in the class. the headmistress mistress came home. You did, you, you, you take, care, take of everything. care of everything. <laughs> so it just was natural, natural.
1: And do you like, do you enjoy standing in a class in front of children or, or students?
0: I love to share my knowledge and my perspective and my understanding and my last thing I read and very much so, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Not that my grandchildren like it, because it's not always their way of thinking things. You know, I always say you must listen to another opinion. You cannot always just carry on your life with one view, be it political, be it historical, be it anything. Always think outside your own environment.
1: I think that's so important. and. I feel that growing up in London and then moving here, I always, even uh, when I moved here, I moved to Herzliya and I went to school, but everyone was different from me, not only because I was English, but just there were many, many differences. And I always felt, um, not in a bad way, but I felt like not, not, lo echad
0: We all feel that, remember. So it's
1: true, we all feel that, but I think that, if you feel it without any kind of bad feelings, yeah. it gives you the opportunity to say, okay, he thinks like that, she thinks like that. Um, and and to appreciate the, the different opinions and different cultures and, th- you know, and to, to see it with a curious eye as opposed to a judgmental one, because yes. we can't all be the same and it would be terribly boring if yeah. we were. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, oh, that's amazing that you learned it through your own experience. Yeah, but because I didn't have
1: a in, bad to... experience. Okay. I think if I if I struggled socially or, or if you've then, been bullied. Yeah. Or... Then then I would have maybe f- developed that anti towards the other. Yes. But I just appreciated it. Yes. And until today I, I do. And and that's why also I love on this show meeting different women from all kinds of countries and walks of life and and uh, and one of the reasons why I always ask about food is because um, the stories of food are so different, you know, whether it's a uh, grandmother from Iran or from Liverpool, you'll hear different recipes. But the feeling remains the same of, you know, uh, of what I would do to smell that, the of the pilpeli ve yes. on, uh, on Thursday yeah. or whatever. And uh, so with all the differences, there are such common threads. I see the common threads through food, but there are many. Yes.
0: Well, because of you, Sabrina... <laughs> I remember the uh, communal oven mm-hmm. that my mother used to take her chamin, uh on Friday afternoon to uh, bake, to leave it. And then on Shabbat, because it was, of course, a roof, we'd go home with it. Wow. I forgot all about it. Do you, you make chulent? Not so much.
1: Like in the winter, a cold uh, Shabbat? Uh, if I know that, yeah,
0: because the worst thing I
1: have I know, left I know, Leftover, everyone says the same thing, Chulun, as soon as it comes out the pot, you want a nice bowl, yeah. and yeah. then you, then you finish the you can't see it again, <laughs> it just makes me <laughs> Ill.
0: so yeah, I'd rather um, not, uh,
1: I, you know, you can buy now, like it's a, it's a, a liner, like a bag for the Chulun pot, so you don't even have to wash the pot, and then you look, yeah, <laughs> good for Um yeah, so everyone's got the same feeling about Chulun, you love it on the day, but. No, you don't, yeah, want don't want to see again don't to see after the meal yeah. <laughs> you, we have so. to learn how to make a very small one but you can't you need, you the need everything and you, need this <laughs> and you need that <laughs> and so
0: much work and then <laughs> but it's tradition but i always remember one of the courses i took at university where the professor said and don't stuff mushrooms if you're a woman and you've got children and you're studying make sure that you do things that are not overtaking your time okay. so you can actually concentrate on uh, you know and
1: so we spoke about this that in 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 terms of I I I enjoy cooking and I enjoy the kitchen. And you said to me at first, you said I don't want to be remembered by my cooking and my recipes. And I said why? Because do you think it makes you feel sm- sound smaller? And you said yes. Okay, yes. And then we spent the next ten minutes just talking okay, about, about how food. your grandkids yes. love your food and your nieces and nephews love your yeah. food yeah. and yeah. how you enjoy spending time in the kitchen. True. So my the the conclusion that I came to was that. Even though we want, we think our oh, food is just, you know, just in the kitchen or whatever. It's something we need to live, but it's it's such a central part, and that your grandkids and everyone who knows you, you whether you're a chef or not, knows you so much and remembers you so much by your food.
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed, and I see something very interesting um, within the family. There's always sharing pictures of food, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you have the same. Um, And and they're interested in food, which for me is a good thing, because I did pass on the feeling that food is a positive experience. And food is is unifying, and food is uh, giving and sharing. But also uh, an aesthetic experience, uh, visually, and also enjoyable. And uh, it's an occasion, so every meal. Is important. Mm -hmm. That's how they know it. Do
1: you set the table every day? Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) Even just for the two of us now.
1: Yeah, and yeah,
0: So we have uh, many times. We have friends always for Shabbat, and uh, we went out last night, and we will be uh, entertaining Shabbat again. So it's always yeah. Food is important, but I I want more more than that. Yeah, it's important, but.
1: I think I think that's pr- probably even if in the you know twenty minutes that we've been speaking so far. I think it comes across that food is central and that you yes. you're a, a mother and a safta and a feeder in in that capacity, but you're also so much more. Um, I want to ask you. You mentioned to me that you've been married for fifty years. What advice could you give to young couples, middle aged couples? It's not always easy. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning they told us, oh, you know, you're you're two parts of one soul, but it, I I think. It's very clear to anyone who's you know, in a relationship that it's very much two different people.
0: Yes. It's almost a miracle that you don't have more divorces in the world. Mm-hmm. Because you take two people and you put them together and you expect them to love each other and to build everything. So I would say two important things. Number one, your grandma was right. It's important to have a common ground. If you take two people who are of total different background—be it different religions or different social structure or different different anything, values, different values—it it won't get better. Don't ever think you can actually change somebody. That's the mis- biggest mistake. And even me, when I met Johnny, who is from London, and you'd think, I'm from Me'a Sharim. But the Zmirot at home were exactly the same. The types of food were not that different. So we had our traditions, if we wanted or not, behind us. We still share them quite amazingly. And one of my granddaughters is named after the two grandmas. Okay, one came from Vienna and she was elegant and lovely and my mother was from Her <coughs> But they were both of values and of Tzedakah women. And I think that's the values that carries on and important. And when you, two strangers are agreeing to meet and perhaps in the beginning you think, oh, it's going to be amazing. Everyone should have the understanding of reality and expectations to be at eye level and be discussed early on to understand what you're going into and to respect each other i think respect in marriage is very important mm-hmm. to respect and, and not to put somebody down because this putting somebody down is abuse and to avoid abuse at any cost. So if you don't agree with an opinion, don't go to the abuse stage. Think about it and then say, okay, we'll talk about it another time. Mm -hmm. But don't get into a confrontation that ruins a lot of good. And with the children, I mean, another thing, when you raise children and the child does it and mommy says that and daddy says that. Again, Try and be on the same side. And I'll never forget one of the things that uh, a headmistress said to us parents, potential parents. When your child comes home and talks about school, you as a parent, if you want to say something, tell us the school. And don't say to the child, oh, your teacher is stupid. Mm -hmm. Same applies to a relationship. You have to not have sides and not to have confrontations. You've got to have... work on harmony and at any cost and respect, respect,
1: respect Okay, very good advice Thank you (laughs) Tell me a bit about your daughters
0: I I love them because they are they give me a lot of sense of pride and they are they are hardworking they have achieved a lot, and um, they are good company to each other. And last week, my daughter from Israel went to London for a friend's simcha. And the sisters, I, I demanded that each one takes a day off, which they never do. And they had, each girl had a day with her and then they went out and they had theater together and outings together and shabbat together that gives me gave me a lot of joy because they are they are very um, dynamically close together um unfortunately i'm not with them all the time mm-hmm. and that is hard i mean i would love it if i'm nearer because i don't do babysitting <laughs> so they have to find one um but uh, they have um, given me a lot of... Nachat. Nahat, yeah. And wow. Yeah, I would say.
1: And you see, I mean, obviously there's, you know, each one on, on on their own merits and as siblings also, but do you see it as a personal achievement of yours? You and Johnny together?
0: <coughs> I think we we realized very early, it's mainly because actually I went back to university, that education became... Paramount, and I saw that chi- and if you have the potential, never ever with educating children, push a child to something that just because you want them to go to x it doesn 't work. But
1: well, tell us what your daughters do okay,
0: so my oldest Ramona is um, today a professor of neuroscience, but she 's a medical doctor, mm-hmm. so she is heading a laboratory and she does research on Parkinson's in London at the hospital, only for neurology. So it's very- Prestigious.
1: Prestigious.
0: And, prestigious. and important. And important. And she's married to uh, Johnny, who is a doctor as well, a pediatrician, and- Oh, it's uh, the most
1: useful thing to have a pediatrician at home.
0: <laughs> Indeed. The amount of
1: times a week yes. I call my pediatrician. Yes.
0: here we are. So you've got a pediatrician, and an old age people problems in the <laughs> And the youngest, Leonora, in London, she's married to a gastroenterologist who is actually the best doctor of all because yes. his father was a doctor, so it's in the blood. Mm-hmm. And she's a public health consultant um, going on the radio and television and
1: yeah. loves it. So now you can tell her, I'm, I'm, also, I'm also on the radio. <laughs> Leo, People want to hear what <laughs> yes. I have to say.
0: And, and Natalie is a graphic designer. She was not the type who only wanted to read and know... But she wanted to look and to make pictures since she was a Mm -hmm. little, little girl. So we encouraged each girl towards what she was inclined to. And I can see that my oldest daughter, her daughter, since she was little, said, I want to be an astronaut. So she's now very good at physics. And I can see that she, if she wants to, she will be an astronaut. Wow. So we are showing the girls, you can do whatever you want to. And they only went to a school where they were competing against themselves, not against anybody else in the environment. They just, if something they didn't do good enough, they had to do it again for themselves. And I think it's very important. If your child, if you never have to tell your child, do your homework, and they've done twice as much and you tell them, you don't need to take a 100 books with you on holiday, then you know that you have something that needs...
1: Nurturing. Nurturing. It's very interesting because there's always the question of the chicken and the egg, you know. My parents never told any of us to do our homework. Mm -hmm. We're six. Mm -hmm. And each of us took it their own way. Some of us did meal. Some of us did exactly what we needed. Some of us did a bit less. Mm -hmm. But we we weren't pushed in the traditional sense and even in the non-traditional sense. Mm -hmm. It was, you're free, you're independent, you deal with the consequences. If you don't do your homework and the teacher's not happy tomorrow or you fail the test, that's up to you. Um, But it's different. And I think also in terms of our our afterwards, what we decided to do, there wasn't... um, we weren't necessarily pushed, okay, so if you like science, go and be a scientist or a doctor. So I think there's like maybe a fine balance where, I mean, none of us are scientific, the girls at least, but maybe with the boys, where there's a way you can give them the independence to say, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you do your own thing, but also to say, we'll supplement, we will give you exactly what you need in order to be the best version of yourself. Mm. Uh,
0: So it's interesting. Well, I'm trying to think how medicine happened. It's very interesting. Because somehow, um, I heard yesterday something. When my oldest was at school, there was a boy who was uh, impaired in his eyesight. Mm -hmm. And the parents were very special people. And they employed a private teacher who was actually helping him
1: in so he would complete his studies.
0: Yes. And this teacher, one day the boy wasn't in a class, and this teacher said to everybody, I'm giving you now eye covers, and you all will be Avi for the next half hour. And they had to feel what Avi feels. And Ramona came home. She This affected her. I mean, she can't remember anymore, but I remember her saying at the time, I want to be a doctor. I want to study about what the eye, how it And her specialty was actually vision and brain. Wow. So it's fascinating that when she did a PhD, it was the connection between the eye and the brain. And that's where it ended. So it wasn't almost me saying you do, because I don't have doctors in her family. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't even know one school from the another
1: But you never told her, oh, don't be a doctor, you won't be able to have kids and a family. Oh, I had
0: had a friend who said to me, it won't be good for the Shiddach. But I said, I'll be there for you, not realizing, you can stop it now, (laughs) not realizing that I won't be there for her. She had to find the nannies and pay 95% of her salary for the nannies so she could carry on working and wasn't tasty I'm sure but she it was it's burning I think if a child has a burn like Natalie with the art it was art it was no question then you must but not everybody has that so how it's do you true it's know. true it's but it sounds gift. like
1: your three they had that yeah and as a as a school teacher did, you saw kids who were probably less motivated or less uh they had le- less one thing that they were really interested in. Yeah. So what would you say to a what parent? What would I say?
0: I would, I would say the following. When a child goes to university, let them choose any subject. That I always say to a student the following. Make a list of things you don't like.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I
0: don't like math. I don't like French. I don't like history. Then look at what's left. And then try and find something that you're prepared to do more in it. If you like cooking, if you like dancing, write it down. I think it's very important to do the first degree the things you like. And when you do that, you first of all develop, because when you study, your mind bursts from knowledge. And that's a first degree, it's nothing. First degree is like your foundation. And then look at you, you found the voice, you find the (laughs) radio. And I think it's so important, and people... You've got the capacity to make people speak, you know?
1: <laughs> me remembering the ptilia. Come, come, speak into the microphone. Me remembering
0: <laughs> the ptilia yeah. is
1: thanks to you. <laughs> remember me,
0: my dear mother, the way she was. And I can tell you something. What was her name? Adina. Adina. Adele in Yiddish. My father used to call her. And I tell you that my mother, food wasn't important for her. Much less even than us. For her she one day said to me i wish we could have a tablet that we eat and we don't have to worry about the rest because she was a very holy woman she would sit and learn and daven mm-hmm. pray and say telim. she was very spiritual and um what uh, what is interesting is that even she i remember the food she tried not to
1: so my mum, actually, she always says that we become like, food is like, uh, you know, it's almost like idol worship. We're so obsessed with food. What's for dinner? What are we making for Shabbat? Who's She making would love what? my mother. Yeah, so my mum, and she feels it's, it's, uh, it's too much, <gasps> too the obsession much. with food. Yeah. And yes, Tzedek. Another my daughter? daughter so tell, tell her where we are.
0: <laughs> Leonora. Can I tell you, I am at a radio studio where Sabrina is interviewing me about my children, and here's your name coming <laughs> up. Oh my God. <laughs> so, can I carry on? Oh God, an, interview. an interview. I'm interviewed for, well, it's actually a university studio. So, it's her project. And we're doing it about grandmothers and about the relationship with children. And I'll tell you all about oh it. Anyone. I enjoy you. <laughs> <wanted her laughs> oh, love you. Bye. <laughs> she's lovely. Oh, well, wow! I wonder well, if she'd tell me all about it. So no, she is my. She's a bit like you, very um, pers- people's person, very mm-hmm. theatrical. Yes, lovely. So, so you were saying about your mother? Who
1: yes, I'm saying that food is. It, it's hard to hit the, the nail on the head, not to become obsessed with it. Yes. But on the other hand, your mum had to feed you know seven, seven children, children every and, single day.
0: Wait. At the time of Senna. do you know there was no food to buy? We never had fruit like an apple in the
1: house. Wow.
0: The only fruits we had, luckily, what can you guess?
1: Dried fruits. Ah, no, of course, citrus fruits because their trees or, are so, yeah And they are the best things for you. Yeah, it's true.
0: Clamantinot, tapuzim, kumkots, tubishvat. Lovely. Uh, what else? There was no fruit. Tubishvat. Tubishvat is interesting, dried fruit. When I came to London and I came to my husband's family on Tubishvat, which was about six weeks after my arrival, there was a dish and he said we do fifteen fruits. What?
1: <laughs> Never heard of it. So we my my husband's family, they're Persian and Persians they love fruit. It's like the 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 they don't do desserts. There's nothing holier, nothing more beautiful, nothing more delicious than fruit. And for Tu Bishvat, it's doing a massive, massive spread of dried fruit. And I think to myself, but it's no What's longer dried the we, fruit. You know, we can have the yes. real fruit, but um, it's, but it's yeah. tradition. But when you
0: go to all the shops, they give you dried fruit for Tu Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's all it was. Yeah, it's very interesting. And my mother w- had to be a creative herself. Cabbage stuffed with rice. A little bit. There was no mint. There was no red meat. Wow. But every day we
1: had chicken soup and chicken and rice and cut f- salad. I actually think the recipes or the cooking uh, rituals and traditions of, of the generations that had a lot less, there's so much to learn because they would waste nothing. nothing. They would find the flavor and nutrients yes. in anything. You know, you say chicken soup, it's from the bones. Yes. And, uh, and yes. today people are kind of, you know, I'll just put some of yes. kat marak, some... Uh, nothing, yeah. nothing.
0: So you're absolutely right. She had to be. But there was a bit of rejection. Okay, but kids are never satisfied yes. with what there is, there at is home. A rejection. only
1: now when you look at it, you know, with the with the perspective of many yeah. years you, you, yeah. you would love to, to smell those smells and try the food. Okay, we've been we've covered well, m- most of our topics, yes. and I think uh, we, I hope we st- we we hit the right balance between food and everything else. Yes. Um, and I asked you, uh, even though you don't want to be remembered by recipes or whatever, if you would share a recipe with us. Mm-hmm. So tell us what recipe you've decided to bring to the table. Um, well, I'll say two things. Mm-hmm.
0: First one is not a recipe; it's an attitude, attitude to to your ingredients and to the food you are preparing. So try and look at the food as a positive experience Mm -hmm. and that if you pass it on to your family, it's very important. Um, Think healthy as well if you can. I mean, probably I used too much olive oil, but now I hear it's not such a bad thing. They say it boosts your (laughs) immune system. Yes, so
1: we pour it over the food.
0: And I would say, try and be creative. I always look up to see how people do things now.
1: I think we're the same. We look at a recipe just to get the general idea, then we close the book and we do our own thing. Yes. Take inspiration.
0: Correct. But also to look at more than one recipe and to think other ways. Because, you know, food is a bit chemistry. I don't know if you read this book about the chemistry teacher there's no. a film about it here we are she is um a chemist phd in the 50s and um and she uh, her husband dies in, in an accident and she has to do something um to sustain her child mm-hmm. it's actually nobody knows she's married to him so they think she's a single mother and it's not easy for her but she ends up on a television program about food but like me she said I don't want to do food this is a chemistry lesson and she does the food from, th- a from c- like a chemical point of view wow. and it is a, first of all it's a book but there's a film
1: I'll, I'll have to find it yes. and watch it. Okay. Yes, I
0: haven't seen the film, but the, when you read the book, you see it in your eyes. So that's very, very interesting. It's all about chemistry. Mm-hmm. So food is chemistry and how things interact and act with yeah. each other. And uh, especially baking, yeah. because you have to be exact. Um, so there's a, a cake that every time I serve it, people say, oh, I like this. Give me the recipe. So And it's very simple. I know it by heart. So Perfect. the most important thing I do is I have the if ingredients. If you're listening
1: now, this is the time to take down. out a pen and paper.
0: So it's all about measuring. And it doesn't matter if you measure a cup according to a cup, which they sell mm-hmm. half cup, half cup, or this cup, as long as you are consistent that all the ingredients are the same. So it's six eggs mm-hmm. separated. Um, one and a half cups of sugar, and I would separate one cup. And, and a half. half cup. And then um, three quarters of a cup of oil, even less if you can. And then two cups of uh, self-raising flour, which has been uh, sifted. sifted. And um, either um, vanilla um, essence or lemon grind and lemon. Mm, Depends lemon on if lemon. you like. Some people don't like it. Okay. My grandchildren prefer the vanilla um, type. And... Inside, you sieve four cup, four spoons of um, chocolate.
1: Okay, the, the instant chocolate. Instant powder. choco
0: powder. Yeah. All right. So you separate the eggs, and you wi- uh, wi- whisk the whisk whites. the yellows. Okay. The yellows, and add the cup of sugar to the yellow. Um, and you then add the vanilla or the lemon, whatever you prefer. And on the other side, you have the egg whites and you whisk them mm-hmm. with a half a cup. Until
1: they're like firm? Firm, yes.
0: And now you add the f- sifted flour to the yolk after the oil has been dripped. Yeah, you've
1: After the sugar and the eggs. So you've got egg, the egg yolks with sugar, sugar and then oil.
0: Then oil, but it becomes fluffy yeah. and white. And at that stage, I actually take a few spoons of ice-cold water and add to the yellow okay. to lighten it a bit, but slowly, not a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then I add the flour; otherwise, it becomes dense. Mm-hmm. I don't want dense. I want it light, fluffy. That's my trick: the white, the water. Okay. You can put wine or oranges, whatever, or lemon, maybe. Or lemon, yeah. whichever you want to add, add just a little life, and then you mix the. Um, the flour, and the white you slowly add afterwards by hand. Folding it. Folding it. And what I do is I leave part of the white of the egg and I mix the mixture of the egg yolk with the flour to um, some sort of amount of white. Mm -hmm. So it's not...
1: Like a 10% of the batter. 10% of
0: the batter I add to it, and then I put the chocolate mm-hmm. mixture and i then pour it into the i do it in a ring a bunt yes what do you call
1: it uh, there are many different names yes. for this they're, they're, i think uh, kugelhoff Kugelhof
0: and i put first the white and then the brown and then the white and the, And i whirl it with a fork and mm-hmm. put it in the oven for about 40 minutes at 180 170 and i usually take it out of the oven before it's dry, dry. Okay, that's the secret. So, so it's, it's moist. a little moist. And how do you take it out of the tin? I, I leave it. Many, I, I, I actually when I take it out of the oven, I don't immediately take it out of the oven because the cakes they get cold.
1: Yeah. So I leave it in an
0: open oven for a few. You,
1: you care know? for the cake. You care don't have to get a shot. Cakes are like
0: babies. They <laughs> don't, You know, treat it gently. I didn't tell you. When I was in a Nahal yes, I was in a kitchen a year and a half in Gushatzion. Oh. and I learned to bake food. And every Thursday night, I baked two hundred cakes wow. for fifty families for Shabbat, um, and uh, this is how I could have a Friday off. I left early. Wow! And I. Cooked in the evening with a friend who was. They put an eighteen-year-old in charge of the kitchen, and she said, "I go in the kitchen only if you did comes in with me." And we, um, we, I prepared the specials for. So cooking was. Yeah, that's why. It's.
1: So You I I I really like this recipe. I think I'm gonna try it this Shabbat. Yes. I think you are a, you must be an excellent cook and so much more. Come for sure. <laughs> I would love to. Um and thank you thank you for sharing your wisdom and your stories and your you know your own story from 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 the beginning until now. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh yeah really thank you. And you've got the Gift with a gab. <laughs> yes, that's it. I have the face for radio. Oh yes, but also for <laughs> television. A very beautiful lady. Thank you. Thank you. Saftot. <laughs> from Kubbe to Kneidelach and everything in between, with Sabrina Shantz.
0: All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity.